Thank you, Jesus. So it's a season to give thanks. And I hope that your depth of your spirit has been stirred in this season and you remember the times that the Lord ministered to you. So this morning's message is, oh, give thanks. Just keep giving thanks. And if you're, if you get bored with that, tell Jesus because his word is full of it. And uh, I always say this to you and I sincerely mean it. That when you take your Bible and search for the word thanksgiving or thanks, you're going to find how many awesome times that God talks about that. And always when God gives me a subject and I search out that subject, I always, his word is always illuminated with new truths. And so I encourage you to do that. Today I'm going to encourage you to read First Chronicles chapter 16 in your devotions because it's about the message today. As we continue to give thanks to the Lord, uh, 21 days makes a habit. Did you know that? If you do something for 21 days, you're going to be habitual. Now, that's bad if you're doing something bad. But if you're doing something good for Jesus, that's very good. So I'm hoping that in this season we're talking about go beyond lip service. And give thanks with your heart. Remember the times that he was there. So I researched thanks and thanksgiving. It's like hundreds of times in all different ways. Thanks and thanksgiving. And so I, I just wanted to point you to some of these scriptures that will stir your heart with thanks. I mean, I'm, I think there's probably people sitting here right now that, you know, you just wonder, is God there? Is God going to help me? What is God doing in my life? You know, like like those that are going through sickness and things like that. Just know something, that God never leaves us, he never forsakes us, and he's always there, and he always has purpose. The the scripture is found in Ecclesiastes 3 that says, everything under the sun is a purpose. Well, I made that into my own uh, revision, but there's a time for this. And today's thing is a time to weep, a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance. And Friday night, we really had that night uh, to be thankful and to be blessed and to, to just enjoy the things of the Lord and uh, to laugh over the silly things that happened, you know. And it was a wonderful night, and I'm so thankful for it. Okay, First Chronicles chapter 16 begins uh, on verse 23, and it's the first time in Scripture that it says, Oh, give thanks. And very in the Old Testament, they're all already beginning to portray the spirit of thanksgiving. So in First Chronicles 16, 23, it says, Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endures forever. If I stopped there, I could preach the rest of the day because of his mercy that endures forever. How many times have you had his mercy endureth for you? You know, sometimes we have trials and tribulations in our life and maybe we ask God in, in a cranky way, why? You know, those kinds of things. And then the, the word of God comes over us and says his mercy endureth forever. I mean, can we be that merciful to somebody? Because I tell you something about the third time somebody transgresses against us or really does something bad towards us. That becomes a thought in our life, the rest of our life. But we should think his mercy endures forever. I mean, forever is a long time, church. And his mercy is not going to run out when we're out of sorts. 
His mercy is there to help us and to guide us. And so he says, oh, give thanks because of his mercy endure forever. If you've ever been through trials and tribulations that have just really touched the the nth degree of your heart, you can know today that the reason why you are able to make it through is because his mercy endures forever. And there's one chapter in scripture, I think it's maybe Psalm 107, some psalm in there, and every verse ends with his mercy endureth forever. So don't forget that, church, when your child, uh, our, our children are all grown, but sometimes they, they make me upset. And we have to remember that his mercy endures forever. So if it endures forever, he's constantly working on us. And he's constantly working on anyone who has had the word of God put into their heart and their life. So don't take hope if you have struggles with your offspring and know that God's mercy endures forever. God's mercy is not going to run out. Sometimes our mercy does, but God's mercy never runs out. So, oh, give thanks unto the Lord. This passage of scripture, First Chronicle, I believe it's First Chronicle 16, is a glorious historical moment in Christianity. Because when he said, oh, give thanks unto the Lord for he is good, was the moment that David had prepared the tent for the Ark of the Covenant. And in the multitude of the Israelites, they came bringing the Ark of the Covenant into the tent that was placed to be where they would worship. Now, church, that is very important because in that Ark of the Covenant was the very presence of God that dwelt there. And I'm so thankful today that when we come together in the house of God, that the Ark is here, that the covenant of God is here, that the power and the anointing and the presence of God is here. And no matter what we have to go through or what we struggle with, God's presence never runs out. And so this is an historical moment. In the, in the time of the Israelites, because David had prepared the tent for them to worship. And they brought the Ark of the Covenant. This is the first time, and they brought it into the temple. And, and David sang this song, Oh, give thanks unto the Lord. Scripture goes on to tell you that. <coughs> Excuse me. So, David's psalm of... Uh, a psalm is here in the Old Testament in First Chronicles. And it's, oh, give thanks unto the Lord. And it, the song goes on. And if you read it, you know, kind of put a little hum to it. Because it's an awesome memorial song that God is calling his people for thankfulness. And it says, sing unto the Lord all the earth. You know, we sang that today. But the scripture says, sing unto the Lord all the earth from day to day. And show forth his salvation. So that means every day God wants us to show forth his glory and to give him praise and to give him honor. And it goes on to say, declare his glory. It is what we reveal in our life. That's what the glory is. I've thought about that for so long. What is the glory? I mean, the glory of God that comes upon us, the glory of God that he reveals that he wants us to give. What is that glory? And I've heard many messages on glory. But this is a message that I haven't heard before. That when we worship God, when we give thanks, what we are doing is giving forth glory to God. And the glory is just our praise and our worship and our adoration. And, you know, church, the church world at large is caught up into lip service. 
You know, today the songs they sing, they'll go over and over and over one phrase. You know, but God is looking for something that goes deep into our innermost being. That when we begin to worship him and we begin to praise him, we send the glory of who he is in us toward heaven. Think of that, church. We always think about his glory prevailing upon us. But when we praise him, we send glory to him. <coughs> That's awesome. So um, he, he is greatly to be praised. All right, the devil is not going to win today. Thank you, Jesus. He, he, <clears throat> he is greatly play, praised. He is greatly to be feared among the gods. This is all in this chapter. And he says that when we praise him, he'll give us glory and strength and gladness. And I know the church, we all need strength. We all need gladness. We just need to be glad for the day. We need to be glad we got up. We need to be glad we have a house of God to go to. And we ought to give thanks. Verse 30 holds a promise. <coughs> Verse 30 holds a promise. And it says, the, and this is important, church. Well, it's all important. But this is something that's going on right now in our world. It says, the world, this is the word of God, the world shall be stable. It shall not be moved. Don't you feel that today? Don't you be concerned about the wickedness and the things that are going on? And now it's going to get even more powerful as we come to the elections and all those kinds of things. And corrupted stuff is going to be there. When We don't know all that stuff. That's okay. God takes care of it. But look at that scripture in this verse when the presence of God came into the midst of the Israelites. And, and and God's presence was there in a supernatural way. This They sang the song and they gave the, song, the, the, the promise. And it says, The world shall be stable, that it be not moved. Let men say among the nations, The Lord reigneth. That should be our byword today. God bless you. Goodbye. The Lord reigneth. God bless you. Hello. The Lord reigneth. He is in control. It doesn't look like it. But listen. God does things when he says he's going to do them. And he says that there's a purpose in the earth. There's a purpose above the heavens. There's a purpose in your life. There's a purpose in the things that's going on in our world today. So it says, let men say among the nations, the Lord reigneth. That means God's in control. He's in control of everything of our life because his mercy is covering us with the blessings of God. And verse 34 says, Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endures forever. This is Old Testament, church. God has prepared his mercy from the beginning of time. It says, <clears throat> his mercy endureth forever. Verse 36, blessed be the Lord God of Israel forever and ever. This chapter is prophetic, church. It's about our world. It's about our trust, and it's about Israel. It says there, you know, the Lord God of Israel forever and ever. They think they want to snuff Israel out. Right here it is in the word of God that Israel will be forever and ever. And this is powerful. And all the people said, Amen, and praise the Lord. And they were in right standing with God at that moment. But you know what? They needed his mercy all through the Old Testament. They needed his grace all through the Old Testament. So it seems rep rep repetitive today as I just say, oh, give thanks, oh, give thanks. Oh, God, let us get a spirit of, of a power and anointing that we know that God cares for us and God is giving us 
the purposes of our life. And we need to see that and to believe that and to know that God reigns in everything. He is in control. He's powerful. And, it, and he is the anointing of our life. And the word of God is so full of praising. It says praise him, praise him, praise him. If you read Psalm 119, it talks about the sorrows and the heartaches. It talks about the praises. It talks about the anointing. It talks everything that you need to know is in Psalms. And it's all about praise. And it's all about singing. And it's all about worshiping. And that is giving glory to God. When we worship him, when we're just in a normal day, we're not in church, we're not in doing anything spiritual, it's just a normal day and we're just going to work or we're just going to do some activities that we want to do, that all of a sudden the praise of God erupts in our spirit and we begin to be thankful. We, we just be thankful we have wheels. We, we're just thankful that we have the money, that we can go to the market. And it just overwhelms us, the thanksgiving and the power of God. If that's never happened to you, ask God to do that to you. Because I tell you something, that's the depth of our heart in, is to give glory to God. And we think about him glorifying us. We think about him giving us glory. And then they write books on the glory of God, you know, and never recognizing that if he lives in us, the glory is in us. And when we worship him, we give to him glory and honor and power and praise. So the word of God is so full of praising and so full of giving thanks and so full of mercy and so full of grace. We have so much to be thankful for, but the enemy always harasses us to be more sorrowful, you know, with the things of life that come our way instead of the power and the glory of God. That glory lives in us, church, and it's powerful to, it's powerful to know that. So as I prepared this message this week, I was alerted to the fact that the glory of God is so powerful that we pass over it sometimes wanting him to glory, bring glory on us when not understanding that if he lives in us, he wants us to glorify his presence in our life. And this is a wonderful passage of scripture, this chapter here. It talks about praise and glory. It talks about the tabernacle of God. You know, we have the tabernacle of God within us because God is in us, church. We don't act like it sometimes. We don't believe it sometimes. We don't, we don't, we don't use the power that God has given us as it lives in us. But I want to say to the church today that the Savior, that the, the most glorified thing we can do is honor and desire the Lord to come. When He hears us saying, Oh, come Lord Jesus. When He hears us say, When are you coming, Lord? When He hears us say, Lord, I'm ready. You know, don't be afraid to say I'm ready because he won't just whip you out of here because you say you're ready. But if you're ready, it brings glory to him because he knows that you're waiting for him. He knows you're depending upon him. He knows your trust and your ambitions are all in him. And in this chapter, there's a whole bunch of admonitions that he tells us what to do and how to do it. And then he talks about giving thanks and singing the songs of praise. Psalm 116 says the psalmist asks this question he says what shall i render unto god you know for all of his benefits you know what benefits has he given you oh he gives the spiritual benefits you know the spiritual benefits the gifts of the spirit all the grace the mercy and those things but what benefit does he give you that's really not too spiritual he just gives you the benefit the benefit of strength he gives you the benefit of gladness he gives you the benefit of joy. He gives you the, glad, the, the gladness of mourning 
over sorrowful things that happened in your life. You know, mourning is good. Mourning is emptying out the pain and relieving the power of God in your life. So he gives us multitudes of things that we can be thankful about. If you read this chapter, you'll find out many things that you can be thankful about that he's doing. In Isaiah 40, you know, uh, John the Baptist came forth and he, he prepared the way. He made it straight highway in the desert. And that's who we are. We're like John the Baptist because God has sent his power and his gifts into our life. And he wants us to prepare the way for his coming. There's multitudes of people in sin and degradation and going on a a wrong path. And he wants us to prepare the way for them. If you meet them, you know, maybe if all you give them is a smile and and the marketplace, maybe it stirs something in them spiritually. And I want to say to the church today that God wants us to be a preparer. I don't know if that's a proper word, but he wants us to prepare the way. You know, when we meet people that are sorrowful, when we meet people that have heartache, even if they're born-again Christian, we need to prepare the way for them that God will get them through the sorrow. God will get them through the trial and the tribulation. And God will do wonders for them. It's a spiritual thing, church. We are a spiritual people. We have to trust in the spiritual works of God. And so we need to go before that. That's why we need to be glorious. That's why we need to have the joy of the Lord. That's why we need to prepare the gospel for those that need to hear. Now, I know every one of you know that, but do we do it? Do we go forth in the morning when we rise up and head out for our day? Are we prepared to prepare a way for somebody with a smile, with a word of hope, with a joy, with a help? Somebody is by the side of the road with a flat tire. And if we have the capability to stop and say, can we help? You know, we need to, that is our opportunity to maybe give a word in season to an individual. There are all sorts of crises and situations. And I, as her testimony, God is always there. He's always ready. He's always working his work, even when we don't see it. Pray that he gives us eyes to see what he's doing, because that will help our thanksgiving be more powerful. So the psalmist said, what shall I render unto the Lord for all of his benefits? And here's what the scripture says. It says, I will offer to thee the sacrifice of thanksgiving. And the sacrifice of thanksgiving is when you don't feel like it. When you have heartache of your own, when you are questioning God about the circumstances of your own life. And then you just say, well, thank you, Jesus, anyhow. Thank you, God. I don't understand this. I don't, I don't have any understanding of it, but I just thank you for what you want to do in my life. But when it says, I offer to thee the sacrifice of thanksgiving, and I call upon the name of the Lord, you know, there, there, there is a song that says that <clears throat> the song in Psalm 24, lift up your heads, O ye gates. Are you familiar with that? Lift up your head, O ye gates, and be ye lift up your everlasting doors, and let the King of glory come in. So if he lives in you, what? What do you have in you? You have glory when you worship and you praise him. What can I offer unto the Lord? The sacrifices of thanksgiving. It also talks about their offer up, uh, offer up unto God your gifts. And sometimes the preachers pre- preach uh, messages on giving, giving monetarily. I want to say something to the church today. When it says, what can I give to you? What can I offer unto you? And it says that you can give to him. What do you need to give to him? Yourself, your strength, you know, your knowledge, 
You need to prepare yourselves, fill yourselves with the glory of God so that you can offer. It's not, it's never about money. God is never about money, except he wants to bless us with it. He wants to take care of us with it. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills. He can do anything with it. But it's not about money. It's about offering yourself because that's the greatest thing, the greatest gift that you can give to God is to offer yourself. Now, I know that I'm talking to the choir because I know you all are saved and you've all given your gift to him of of eternal life. You've always asked for his eternal life and you know that gift is there. But church, we got to grow beyond where we are and we got to be more powerful in the spirit of God because the earth is not going to be moved. The trials and tribulations are not going to be moved. They're going to be there. But God is going to be sufficient to what it is that we have need of. And if we would talk to him, if we would communicate with him, I don't know about you, but people are slow to communicate about things that that are personal or private or whatever. But when you communicate what God has done, it strengthens you. When you communicate to God why you don't understand, he, he will help you. He will speak to you. He will give you answers. He will do it in his word. You will open the word of God and it will give you an answer right there. What he is doing in your life. <clears throat> it's not just about us, church. It's about knowing who he is in us. That's about it. And when we know who he is and he lives in us and we can give glory to him. No matter the crisis, no matter the circumstance, no matter the loss, he will get glory in our life. We can offer ourselves. He, he would desire us offering our life more than any kind of money that you could ever put in an offering plate. Because he's not about money. He's about your life. He's about desiring hands that are prepared to help other people. He, he's about you being able to conquer those things that the devil puts against you. I mean, it's even like, as he mentioned, that the license plate had demon on it. It's just like the devil wants to get control of things, you know, and everybody who reads that, they have that in their thought process, you know. And we need to understand that we are, God wants us to know we are more powerful than that. He can be a demon all he wants, but he's never going to conquer the power and the anointing of our God because our God is the highest potentate in the land. And we call upon him and he lives in us, church. We call it, you know, uh, it's just so sad that we don't recognize how much power we have in us spiritually because we are a spiritual being. And when he says, offer unto me, you know, an offering and that the rest part of that scripture is there. But, you know, the devil has hid it from me. But I still know what it is because it's in my heart. And it says, offer unto him, you know, what it is that you have. And he's not talking about money. He's talking about offer yourselves. There needs to be more power and strength in the body of Christ as we do the work of the kingdom. You know, we've been annihilated from six or eight in our office down to two people. And the work of the Lord still goes on. It doesn't stop the work of the Lord. It it harasses us. It's part of the work of the enemy to harass us. But I believe that the power of God is more powerful than the works of the devil. And God sends forth his word no matter what. Nothing is going to keep his word from going forth. So lift up your heads, you everlasting doors, and let the king of glory come in. I love it. I want the king of glory to live in me. And he says, and 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 who is the king of glory? This is scripture. He says, the Lord strong and mighty. That's who the king of glory is that lives in us. And he says, lift up your heads, 
again, O ye gates, lift them up, you everlasting doors, and the King of glory, second time, will come in. Who is the King of glory? The Lord of hosts. He is the King of glory, Selah. He repeats that and repeats that. Let the King of glory come in. <coughs> Church, please give him praise. Please give him worship. You know, you don't have to be in the sanctuary and feel the unction to praise or be encouraged to praise because a preacher is preaching. But you have the divine power of God in you. And you can go down the road and in a moment just have the Holy Spirit flood over your life and say, Oh God, thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for this trial or this tribulation. Psalm 118, 28 and 29, it says, Thou art my God. Thou art my God and I will praise thee. And twice he repeats himself a lot because we don't hear. We don't have ears to hear. So he says, Thou art my God, I will praise thee. Thou art my God, I will exalt thee. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord for he is good and for his mercy endureth forever. I tried to find how many times he says his mercy endureth forever and I keep losing count. But I got to tell you, his mercy endureth forever. He has to repeat himself, church, because we don't have ears to hear. And if we would hear, we would be so blessed and be so powerful in the spirit. Psalm 107, 1, 2 says, Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, when he hath redeemed us from the hand of the enemy. Okay, I like that, because that shows me that he is going to deliver us from the hand of the enemy. And he says, when he delivers us from the hand of the enemy, let, let, the, let the people praise him. Let the people give thanks. First Chronicles 16 this morning, and I will end with this because I'm desirous that you would read this uh, chapter, chapter 16 of First, of First Chronicles. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. O oh, God of our salvation, gather us together. And deliver us from the heathen, that we may give thanks to thy holy name and glory in thy praise. I felt that kind of gathering Friday night when we gathered together. It was unlike the usual gatherings. I felt the presence of God because I think that we gathered together for one purpose, to give thanks unto him. And while we offered up the sacrifice of his body and his blood in a general quiet way still he was glorified because we brought him to the table with us and we honored him and his power and full presence just dwelt over friday night and now we have the enemy working on our saints today with pain but god is faithful and god will bring you through and when he does bible says give thanks to his holy name because we have outwitted the powers of satan and we have not given up we are victorious in him the work of the enemy is to harass us until we give up. And I'm sure that everyone here at some time in their life has thought, I'll just give up. you know. But you know that you don't because you're here and you overcome the powers of the enemy. And God is a victorious God. And I say to the church today, oh, give thanks unto the Lord for his mercy endureth forever. He will give you mercy. He will mercy you. We used to pray that in college, oh, God, mercy me, you know, trying to get our studies together and trying to do all that was required of us. And, of course, we always thought that we had too much work to do. 
We never realized that all that work would bring glory to God. So we just said, oh, God, mercy me. So someday when you think that you're just being overcome by the harassment of the enemy, just say, oh, God, mercy me. Because he's got enough mercy to last through every situation. The word of the Lord is so powerful. Jesus, we love you today. And we thank you, Father, that you are greater than the works of darkness. That you are greater than the pain. You are greater than the difficulties and the crisis. Because you are God. And I pray this morning that you would tabernacle this people. Lord Jesus, that we would just see the glory of God coming into our tent, into into our tabernacle. Father God, meet the needs of your people today, I pray. And God, we give you thanks for all things in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord.